0: Hour number three. We begin already, man. That fast. Holy mackerel. Holy mackerel. Coming up in about 15 minutes. I uh, misspoke. Coming up in about 15 minutes, uh, we've got Tyler Dunn uh, from Go Long TD. He's going to join us then. So just kind of hang in there. Just kind of hang in there. We'll get to it. I promise you. We'll get to it today. Um, But uh, in the meantime, in the meantime, Bucks get a win last night, too. I I can't ignore that. I want to do that before. We get, into, uh, we get into Tyler Dunn coming up here shortly. Uh, but last night, they have now reeled off four straight. And Giannis last night after the ball game, uh, you know, talked a little bit about how the Hornets, even though they faced them in a back-to-back and they've dominated them for pretty much most of the season, says against the Hornets, they, they did a last night a really good job. What you're seeing more of on the offensive end is they're finding the open man, and Giannis talks about that.
1: I think uh, guys are going to the right position. The ball is moving. Guys are making shots. And, like, extending the court to so give the Dame and myself space. Uh, the difference is that we, we, we know we have direction right now. Uh, we know what we're trying to get from every position. Every position counts. And we are, we are making shots. Guys are making shots.
0: And he's right. Guys are making shots. But here's the thing. They have begun passing the basketball and working it. And I'm not saying I'm going back to the movie Hoosiers where it's five passes before you can shoot, but it's not a lot of the one-on-one running gun up and down the floor. Uh, Giannis has to bring it up. He and I said this the other day, and I forgot to expound upon it. When it comes to Giannis, I, I, I want to know. I'd love to be able to talk to Doc Rivers and say, at what point do you tell Giannis, quit standing at the top of the arc, not even the top of the key, the top of the arc, waiting for the basketball to shoot a three? When everything else is going on around you, and you've got other guys that can shoot really well beyond the arc. Why in the world is he not crashing the boards or in the paint? And it's it's mind numbing. It's Charlotte. He can do it against Charlotte because they can beat Charlotte probably pretty much with their eyes closed. But that's one of the things I'm waiting to find out. I would love for Doc to address that. Love for somebody to ask that question. Uh, but Doc did say, look, it's good to see this team passing the basketball, finding the open man, working working the perimeter inside and out, rather than just Bring it up the floor, you know, one quick pass, give me the ball back, and then uh, all the one on one running gun crap.
1: It sure is nice, you know. Um, and you need your stars to be the guys to make the right plays, and they did that. So Giannis and Dame started it. And, you know, Brooke tonight, extra passes, Bobby, extra passes. Pat Connaughton walked by me in the third quarter and said, Is this what you mean by good to great? And it's good that, like, the fact that he's thinking that. It's, it's just good for our team. You know, it helps everybody. You, it's easy to play hard on defense when you know the ball is being played right on offense.
0: There you go. Exactly what we talked about yesterday uh, with the Bucks, and what we were talking about with trying to create energy f- defensively with the Badgers, what they used to do. It's easy to play offense when you are playing a solid style of defense. And don't look now. Don't look now. but. Damian Lillard had some block shots. He's actually, he's elevated his defensive game. For the sinkhole of liability that he was billed to be coming into the system, he is has picked up the uh, defensive end as well. And again, your offense really can feed off your defense. And Doc Rivers talked about Damian Lillard specifically, not only as a good shooter, but a couple of blocks last night defensively as well
1: dame has great hands yeah he has great hands like you saw he got another steal in the second half he told me that he said man coach i can play defense it's just that portland i had to do a lot of offense he said now i can concentrate a little bit on both ends with all these guys and he's doing that you know obviously his size with a bigger guy we we got caught on bigger guys tonight Uh, but if you put the ball in front of him you know dame has unbelievable hands and he gets to it he's also going to the right spots you know in our rotations defensively and that's been great too
0: so there you go. That was uh, Doc Rivers last night and a couple of the comments coming out. Uh, the ball game last night And the Bucks have now won four straight. Tonight, tonight, taking on the Bulls. Tonight, nationally televised. I think tonight's an ESPN game, as a matter of fact. So the Bucs are back at it this evening looking for five in a row before the West Coast swing hits. To hear him say, Grant, that Damian Lillard said to him, Coach, I can play defense. I just didn't have to because I had to be the main scorer out in Portland. Is that one? Because I got to tell you, when I heard that, when I was listening to those this morning, I went, uh, what, wait, what? Because, like I said, he had been billed as a sinkhole defensively coming into this uh, Bucks organization. So when I heard that last night, I kind of went, whoa, wait a minute. That might change things. Well, he's never going to be a
2: good to great defender just because no. he's tiny. Like, And Steph Curry is the same. Like, Steph Curry over the years has gotten bigger and stronger and, and put in more effort to being a not a liability he's never going to be great just because you can't be a great defender at that size in the NBA but it's it's true like he had to initiate every offensive possession in Portland and he had to mm-hmm. take most of the shots and he had to run off screen and now Giannis can bring the ball up a little bit and Chris can handle and initiate offense so that's totally yeah gonna gonna help him ex- expend more energy on defense I, I still don't think he's ever gonna be great he can't be but right. the situation now he's on
0: a, a team in a roster that's a lot more balanced I I agree with you. I don't think he's ever going to be great at it. I think he can be adequate. But the fact that he has spoken to Doc Rivers in the sense of, I can do this. I'm not shying away from playing defense. I just have always been the guy that's had to get down the court to the opposite end because I had to be offensively driven. And still is. But now with other players around him that can do it as well, and and quite frankly, other players that – Deserve to have help. You know, Bobby Portis is not a great defender, but he's a dog. And Brooke Lopez is a great defender. And Giannis, when he wants to be, can be a great defender. When you've got guys around you that when the defensive end of the uh, of the court begins to become something of interest, you got to kind of jump along. And I think that's what's starting to happen. As Doc has emphasized it. He's putting guys in the right place at the right time. You do you get effort out of guys like Pat Connaughton when he mentions mentions Pat Connaughton, you get that effort, and you get the hands and such out there, and you're looking for tips and deflections and all that kind of stuff. And once you start to get into that that side being competitive, I think the offense make it makes it so much easier offensively for a team because that's because if you're holding teams down and not allowing them to score, and yet you still have the ability to feed off of that and then score, and then you start to crave it more. You start to crave, okay, we got a two-point lead. We want a four. We want a six. We want a nine. We want a 12. We want a 20. You start to crave it. You start to crave, defensively speaking, that gap, and I think you're starting to see that out of this Bucks team. Now, I could be blowing a whole lot of smoke up your rear end right now if they go to the West Coast and it just completely becomes dismantled. And then it's just because then it's just, yeah, they can play good defense against bad teams, but you know, once you start to face a good team, they just kind of throw it by the wayside. So I'm by no means does what they're doing right now make a, a lick of difference when it comes to heading out West and, and better competition. But their, their first couple of games coming out of the shoot, they face good competition and they won both of those games and they did it in part defensively. So I'm encouraged by what the bucks are doing. I'm not ready to say the train is on the tracks. But I'm also saying now that I do believe if they play the way they're capable of playing and they want to play, which sometimes seems to be different. It's a different philosophy. But I think they can beat Boston. I think they're probably the only team that can go toe-to-toe with Boston and beat them. But it's going to take everybody being healthy. And here's the other question. When Middleton comes back and and he's fully functioning, what do you do? Because Middleton's not a great defender either. Right now you've got guys that are buying in defensively. What do you do with Middleton? He's a walking liability at this point. That guy, that guy just, he cannot stay healthy. And I don't, you're not going to not start him, but I think you diminish his minutes. I really do. I don't want to see Chris Middleton come back to just be this piecemeal guy so the offense flows. Uh, you know, kind of through the point guard fingertips of his, I, I, who cares right now? You're winning ballgames and you've been doing it without him. So I, I, it's great to have him back when he's fully healthy and maybe he can take more time to get healthy because of the situation they're in right now with playing lesser teams and playing winning, winning basketball. But I'm, I'm not excited to hear that. You know, Chris Middleton's ready to come back or doing well or anything like that because it's like, you know, okay, what's he going to add to a team that's already starting to play better without him? Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I think he elevates the second unit a lot. Uh, like That's what he brings, and that's what they've missed. But right now, Pat Connaughton's hitting shots, and um, right. Bobby Portis is playing better. So the the discrepancy between starters and bench has been not nearly as bad this week. Yeah, They're going to need that to continue when they go on the West Coast, and I think Middleton's going to have to be a part of that at some point.
0: I hope he is, and I hope he elevates. But what I don't want to see is this oh, Chris is nagging with this injury, or, you know, he can't fully. I don't want to hear that. It's like, okay, then just sit him until he's ready to go. What is it, another year or two? It's like just, you know, I, and again, going back to like a conversation we had last year with Jim Ozarski, when you get down on Middleton, you're like, oh, my God, he's always hurt. Up until the last couple of years, he hasn't been. His career has been, you know, minimal injuries but he just can't get healthy it's like he and and i get it because when you rehab an injury it tends to you're you're concentrating on that injury to come back and you're trying to work that injury back into game shape which then diminishes other areas of the body other like a knee or an ankle or a you know a calf or a quad or a groin or whatever you you, you get into some bad habits so i understand all that but at some point, man, you got to be a, a regular contributor to this team. You can't. They just can't keep pulling you in, throwing you out, pulling you in, throwing you out because you just simply can't stay healthy. Uh, let's do this. When we come back, Tyler Dunn, golongtd.com. He's going to be joining us. We'll talk with him. Hey, by the way, don't forget, a great Italian restaurant also does a really, really, really good fish fry. So if you're looking for that tonight, Calderon Club in San Giorgio, either place you can't go wrong. You can even go with the non-meat pizza which is really good, too. They have those down there at uh, San Giorgio. But I'll tell you this. If tomorrow night's going go to be go-out-to-dinner night or maybe you're going to check out a game or Admirals or whomever, you're going to be heading downtown for even a show, got to head over for good Italian food over at Calderon Club. Spaghetti and meatballs, chicken marsala, the uh, the Bill Michaels, the spicy penny sashina, and uh, the uh, chicken marsala split, you can do that. Uh, great thin, thin crust pizzas as well. They've been lauded for that. And the eggplant, as an appetizer, you cannot go wrong. I'm telling you. Try it. If you haven't eaten it already, it'll, it'll change your life. It's life-changing stuff. It's that good. Calderon Club, 838 Old World 3rd Street, downtown Milwaukee, right across the street from the Hyatt. And right next door is San Giorgio Pizzeria Napolitana. You cannot go wrong. Uh, got Tyler done. GoLongTD.com. Coming up. This is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: You got to hit it, make it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, make it, rock it, put it in the pocket. It, it, it,
0: it in the pocket. Nice day in the state of Wisconsin, warming up a little bit. The weekend's going to be good as uh, we got uh, about an hour and what forty minutes before we uh, forty-five minutes before we get out of here, but just uh, having a good day today. There's like a potpourri of stuff, and uh, down at the combine, there's uh, a, a, just a ton of stories and storylines and and you know voices and players and rumors and all kinds of stuff, and it's always uh, a fun fun time of year. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna come up hopefully. Uh, Come up with Tyler Dunn here in just a few minutes. Uh, Tyler, um, I I guess, is walking around somewhere down there that he doesn't get a great signal. So we're going to touch base with him coming up here in just a minute, real quick. Do we still have Doug listening to us in Luxembourg, Grant?
2: Doug dropped off, but we got we got Tyler. We got Tyler Dunn. (laughs) Well, there you go.
0: So uh, good trade off there, Tyler. How you been, buddy? What's up? Good to be back. It's good to have you back. Uh, so down there at the Combine, I guess first and foremost, I would ask you, so what um, What storylines catches your your eye or your ear right now?
3: You know, the intrigue at the top of the draft. I think that for uh, your listeners' purposes, too, it's a, a monumental draft because the Chicago Bears have a monumental decision. It's, it, it, this has, could, could have gone many different directions. I think there's a lot of Bears fans – who do love Justin Fields, because of his thick skin, his metal toughness, everything he's been through, they, they've seen up close. I mean, they're, they're chanting his name after losing to the Packers. I heard, you know, after, after that season ends, it's, it's wild how much they've kind of fallen for this guy. But you've got to trade him. You've got to get whatever you can for him, because this is, this is the Caleb Williams draft. I mean, this is the year they're going to take their big swing and try to get a quarterback that changes all of the calculus in the NFC North and maybe the NFC. Um, you know what he can do as a player? We all saw the at USC. It's, it's incredible. What we don't know is that emotional maturity. Is that an area where he can improve? Because there's legitimate question marks there.
0: The, uh, the, the, the combine is an area where you get a lot of – you're just doing the measurables. But the que- we were talking about it earlier today. The questions that some of these players get – um, can you tell me, from your experience there, what specifically are general managers and personnel directors specifically looking for when they ask some of these just crazy questions out of the blue?
3: You know, it's tough. I mean, you only get, well, like, 18 minutes with prospects. It's kind of a speed date. You know, if you think about it, just relationships in all of our own lives, are you really going to find out much in that 18-minute block? Probably not. But it's... In a lot of situations, it's the first time these GMs and coaches and scouts, I mean, owners sitting on these meetings too, they're, they're looking face-to-face with these prospects that they've been studying on a screen. You know, outside of an area of scout, um, they just haven't been around these guys face-to-face. And I think that's step one. It's the combine. It's, it's maybe asking this, asking that, getting a, getting a feeling with Jaden Daniels, the LSU quarterback. He said he met with the Giants, and it was right away they gave him the clicker, and they're going through plays. They're talking ball. So, you know, you, you can take that route and dive right into it and, and really test these guys you uh, know, football acumen. Or maybe you just shoot the ball because you know that you're going to bring them in on one of your visits in person, or you're going to go to their pro day, or you're going to go through a private workout and get dinner with them, you know, the night before. So there's a lot of different ways to get these to get to know these prospects. This is kind of step one. Break in the ice, and then you take it from
0: there. Talking with Tyler Dunn at GolongTD.com. So, uh, with all of the players now pretty much uh, convened down there in Indianapolis, what is the deep? I mean, if you're going to say this particular player group has a deep, deep pool to draw from, which one is it?
3: Ooh, good question. I'd say wide receiver. And the Green Bay Packers are living proof that you should just draft receivers even when you don't really need to draft receivers to help a young quarterback. This draft is, is full of them. I mean, you've got elite talent at the top, obviously, with Marvin Harrison Jr., number one, but uh, I think that you're seeing guys in any conference, any size of school, produce because these receivers, they've been in seven-on-seven tournaments, you know, back to being 13, 14 years old. And then they're getting to college and it's the spreads everywhere. And it's, it's, I get Kurt Warner's point on uh, Twitter X when he said how hard it is to watch film because these offenses can be kind of gimmicky. And there is some truth to that. But I think at the same time, like, football has changed. And, and these receivers aren't going to be running the route tree one through nine. Yeah, they're, they're getting to a spot. They're getting to space. And they're using these freakish athletic gifts that they have. So, you know, you, you take a player like that, you put it in your offense, they're, they are ready. I think the receivers are ready to produce sooner now than than they ever were. I mean, look at the Green Bay Packers' history when even recently as, you know, Jordy Nelson didn't really become Jordy Nelson until that Super Bowl run and then into the next year. It it took a good two-plus years, you know, with James Jones or Greg Jennings, for these guys to kind of really find themselves. I think a rookie receiver can come right in and have a big impact, and and how you saw it with the Packers last season, so if you need a receiver, this is the year to get one, two, three of them.
0: See, I completely agree with you. I know people think that the Packers are loaded, but you have the uncertainty of Christian Watson. You're going to have second-year guys like Jaden Reed and company. You still can upgrade, so I'm in complete agreement with you on that, that this will be the year I'd pick up another one. Now, when you look at what the Packers' needs are, defensively speaking, they need secondary help desperately, so... Give me your thoughts. I mean, obviously, we heard from Dijon uh, out of Iowa, and we got some of his thoughts. But give me some of your thoughts on what's what's the depth there when it comes to corner and safety.
3: Yeah, yeah. I guess in my head with the receivers, I'm thinking the NFL at large. Like, and I'm always I'm always stuck in Buffalo Bills mode, too. So, they yeah. really should get those receivers like Green Bay did. Because uh, Green Bay is loaded. But you're right. Hey, take another one. Why not? Uh, the, the DBs, you know, I – I could get in the weeds. I'm going to leave that to Bob McGinn. He is talking to the scouts and the coaches, like literally as we speak, on how they really do see these guys the good, the bad, the ugly. We'll have our series dropping soon. But everything I've heard is it's it's a solid class. You know, I don't really know who you'd go for. If I was Green Bay, though, if we're getting specific to the Packers, why not trade up, right? Like, I, I know it's weird to say that out loud because we just haven't seen it much back to the way Ted Thompson operated. But you've got a team that can win now. You've got a Super Bowl contending team that was one or two plays away from the NFC Championship. Yeah, Rasheed Walker played above anyone's expectations as a 2022 seventh round pick. I mean, his jump from year one to year two was so big that, yeah, maybe you do expect a year two to year three jump that has you thinking, he is your answer, a left tackle. But I don't know if you can really play the guessing game at such an important position. If I'm Brian Gutekind, I'm doing what I can to get into that top ten for an offensive tackle because you know Zach Tom is entrenched. I mean, really, this line, uh, after some trouble early on, right with David Bakhtiari's injury, they settled in and played really, really well. But if you get a, a bookend tackle for Jordan Love, man, you could really be set up to contend for a Super Bowl this year and beyond.
0: How much do you think there's going to be jockeying and trading going on in this year's draft with, with, I guess, the quarterback pool at least for the top three or four or five being this deep?
3: I think that you're going to see some. Somebody's going to try to get their way into that top five range. That's an educated guess more than anything. uh, But, you know, if you're the New York Giants, if you're the Atlanta Falcons, and you don't get what you want, In free agency for the Falcons specifically. So if they don't get Kirk Cousins, if they pass on Justin Fields, I think you've got to be aggressive. You've got to find a way to get into that range for a quarterback. Now, it's going to be tough. Uh, You you would need the Washington Commanders or the New England Patriots thinking, you know what, we've got so many needs that we'll take a deal. (laughs) We'll we'll take your three second-round picks in a first round or whatever it is, uh, to let you get up there. But I, I think the Falcons, I, I sat down with Terry Fontenot for an hour. We'll have a piece up at, uh, at Go Along next week. I, they really do think they can win now. They, they've, they've drafted a lot of skill position players. They've signed guys like Jesse Bates. They're in a weak division. I, when you're operating through that lens, if you can't get a veteran, you better try to get a stud quarterback up high and, and not try to maybe get a Bo Nix or a Michael Penix Jr. later. Uh, take, take a big swing. And the Giants, you can't bank on Daniel Jones staying healthy. Two different neck injuries, a torn ACL. Uh, even if you believe in Daniel Jones, even if you do think that he's, the, he's got talent and he, he is a quarterback who can lead you to a Super Bowl, he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. So those are two teams, that, and it's the Vikings, if they can't re-sign Kirk Cousins, that you can see doing everything they can to trade up and get one of those players because the commanders of the Patriots, are so terrible from a roster standpoint, I think they'd be open
0: to moving down. Uh, do do the uh, Patriots look at Mac Jones and say the circumstances that you were, you know, because he started off really decent as a rookie and then just completely, uh, you know, descended since then. Do they look at him and say you're a victim of circumstance and that we're going to have belief in you? I love the question
3: because it's a different day for the New England Patriots. You have Elliot Wolf at the podium Saying that, you know, basically you're not looking over your shoulder anymore around here, and you can be yourself, and that's great. I just talk to all the reporters covering the team. It's their minds are blown that, you know, scouts and coaches will stop and talk to them inside the Indianapolis (laughs) Convention Center for five, ten minutes. With Belichick, it was like the media is the enemy. Don't even talk to them, don't even look at them. So it, it is a different team, a different time with John Mayo, even though he was there before. That being said, even if they would be open to maybe looking at Mac Jones through a through a different lens, I, I think it's best for both parties to move on, right? It, it was ugly. I, you had Matt Patricia trying to coach offense. Uh, you had really no talent at receiver for him. He wasn't good himself. I, I think that Mac Jones is probably going to want a fresh start. I think the Patriots are going to want a fresh start. And that's the player, though, that, hey, if you miss out on Kirk Cousins, if you don't really feel like trading three, four draft picks to get one of those top prospects, it's not really going to excite your fan base, right? <laughs> you don't really sell a lot of season tickets with the Mac Jones acquisition. I, I think that Mac Jones in the right situation could still be pretty good because we just really haven't seen him have a fair shot yet.
0: Is Go back to Atlanta a minute. Is Atlanta waiting to see if they can get Kirk Cousins, or are they banking on Justin Fields, do you think?
3: I, I see Justin Fields and you know I know that people are connecting the dots and you say, Man, Raheem Morris at at his press conference is talking about finding a quarterback that's right for the city and Justin Fields is from Georgia. Uh you, you you've got Justin Fields on the podcast talking about B. John Robinson, Drake London, all the weapons. At the same time, I mean Zach Robinson's your offensive coordinator. The offense that he wants to run is not conducive to Justin Fields' skill set. You know, Justin Fields sat at the podium last year. F it. I got to be me. I can't worry about overthinking. I can't operate in the pocket. I've got to run and play make and, and play that way. Uh, good good luck then in this kind of offense. It's not what they want you to do. I mean, I, I think they're going to try to find a quarterback who is going to read the defense within the pocket. And pick you apart. Justin Fields, thirty-eight starts in, is not that
0: player. Uh, the next question I have for you, real quick, is what happens to Russell Wilson? Because clearly he's not wanted in Denver. They're going to cut him loose. Who's going to take a flyer? I mean, granted, you're going to get him on the cheap if you you know if you decide to go in that direction. But is you know, do they believe in Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh? Could he end up going there, or would he go someplace else, or does he sit?
3: That You know, that if you were to ask me that last September, I'd say you're nuts because, of course, the Denver Broncos are just going to run it back in 2024 because they've got all this money invested in them, like money talks. And it got that ugly that fast for Sean Payton that they've got to go their separate ways. Now, they're going to eat whatever it is, 38 mil, or, uh, and, and just to get rid of them so you do get Russell Wilson on the cheap. I think it's it's hard to – it's hard to say where he's going to end up because he's going to be the consolation prize. You know, if, if the Vikings and the Falcons and all of these teams just don't get what they want, maybe, I think he's kind of a fallback option for you. Uh, maybe Pittsburgh is the best bet for Russell Wilson because you've got that defense, you want to play off the ground game, you can maybe get him on the move a little bit. You know, schematically it makes a lot of sense. If, if we're taking the Steelers at their word, they'd still believe in Kenny Pickett and they want Kenny Pickett to have a fair shot in a a functional NFL offense that isn't coordinated by Matt Canada, and they'll they'll give him that shot. But also you're not bringing Russell Wilson in to maybe be a backup. So that strikes me as as a good fit, but I don't know, man. This game of musical chairs is going to be fascinating in a couple weeks.
0: Good stuff as always, my friend. I appreciate it. Is there anything specific that uh, we're going to go to go long for because uh, you've got some stuff coming out?
3: Bill. Always good to pop on. I'll have that conversation with with Terry Fontenot up next week, the Falcons GM. Really interesting to to get a GM's perspective and also caught up with uh, a scout for the Chiefs uh, who kind of took me through the process of of scouting one of their best players. You know, when you you got the boots on the ground in that area, I just thought it was really interesting to hear uh, behind the scenes how that really works. So we'll have that all up at GoalongTD.com next week.
0: Great stuff. Tyler, appreciate it as always, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Say hi to Mike Clemens running around down there too.
3: Oh, absolutely. I just talked to Mike yesterday. I always joy. So, anytime, man.
0: All right, bud. Talk to you later. There you go. Tyler Dunn, Ty, at Ty Dunn, at T-Y-D-U-N-N-E, at Ty Dunn, over on X and GoLongAtTD.com. Good uh, site to subscribe to, uh, GoLongTD.com. And he also has long time, a Milwaukee Journal Sentinel writer. Uh, Bob McGinn, who Bob used to break down film in the Journal Sentinel, better than anybody. I mean, Bob was fantastic, but he writes over there now as well. Uh, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break and uh, come back. Got a lot more to get to. Don't forget, coming up in about forty-five minutes. Speaking of Mike Clements, Mike's going to join us. Take us the rest of the way. Don't go anywhere. More of the Bill Mike Michael- covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. If, by chance, you are, uh, you know, somebody that doesn't do the fish fry, okay, no problem. Maybe you're going to be uh, doing something out and about over the weekend. I'll tell you a place you can go, right there in Lacrosse, West Salem, to be exact. That is Big Boar Barbecue. Big Boar, B-O-A-R, Big Boar Barbecue, whether it's for lunch or dinner. I just, uh, I'll tell you this, I'm going to do the fish fry today, but tomorrow... I'm thinking of those ribs, man, the dry rub of ribs. Oh, so good. But then again, you want to sauce them up, sauce the hell out of them. they got some really good sauces, too. But they have got fantastic pulled pork and fantastic mac and cheese. But what I love, it's very hard to find really good coleslaw, and they have that. I love that, too. All of that together equals one fantabulous meal. That's our friends at Big Boar Barbecue right there in West Salem. So, if you're out in the lacrosse area and you're thinking of lunch, a dinner, or maybe you need an event catered, you can do that too. That's our friends at Big Boar Barbecue. Big Boar, B O A R, Big Boar Barbecue. BBQ. BBQ.com. That's BigBoarBBQ.com. And you can also uh, check it out for, uh, you know, just for your catering event or something like that. Uh, Grant, I'm giddy. Do you know why? were you listening during the break
2: were you able to hear it during the break I, I heard some yeah I heard something coming through your speaker I'm I kidding. don't know what
0: it was I w- I've been waiting for one cord. I needed an adapter for one cord, and I've been waiting for this thing now I had it overnighted because I've been trying to figure this out it's been months to try to figure this thing out I'm, I'm by no means of any kind of an engineer but I, I was just trying to uh, doesn't that make you feel good? Like, it's right around the corner. <laughs> hello, friends. Uh, hello, friends. Welcome into the program. I sat up last night, was doing all this stuff, and and finally, after months of trying to figure... I am not... I don't know... Uh, I really don't. I don't know what analog and digital and what uh, different decibels... and I, I don't know all that stuff. I, I keep plugging stuff in until it works. And so I started reading... Because I'm an idiot, I have to read and, and go over instructions and things, and I couldn't get this thing to work for the life of me until I realized when it comes from the factory, it's set in a particular way, and you have to adjust it to what it is you need. So after I started tinkering with things and seeing the the meters move, and I'm like, wait a minute, and then it was really, really hot uh, because it's a line versus mic, and I don't want to get too crazy technical, but with with the OHMs and all that kind of stuff, I don't know what the hell that means, but... I do know that there's pats and reducers and all that stuff. So I have been plugging stuff in and changing things around and changing cords and getting adapters. So today this, this piece comes and I said to myself, just please God, let this thing work now. Just please let it work. And I plugged them in and I put the adapter in and then I've got an adjuster that's got three different settings. And I I thought, you know, the the first one and I started, it was really, really hot. I was breaking up. And then I hit the next one and it was perfect. Like, Oh my God, it works. So now I have the ability to do a lot of stuff here in the studio. It's like we're just vaulting ourselves right into what 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 life should be for a, for a radio studio
2: on a radio show. Well, I'm you giving. better be you better be careful. You're gonna tech your way into me losing my job here
0: at some point. So you need to. No, 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 no. That'll never happen. That'll never <laughs> happen. So, but I I did. I sat here last night. This and we were. If you missed the first portion of the show. The first portion of the show was basically Grant and I chatting, and I was telling everybody what I was doing last night. And I stayed up till like two in the morning. It was just 1 o'clock, one thirty, but I didn't. I it was still two, and I was laying in bed. I was still with my eyes open, but I started going through old theme songs, and I, I just I don't know why I'm searching for all this stuff. And a lot of this stuff, the quality that's on like YouTube and stuff, is really bad. So you got to find links and sites, and you got to really search for it. So I was sitting there last night, and this was the first one, the first one I ran across last night. And I was just giddy. And not to mention, the Masters is right around the corner, you know. So we're kind of figuring we're going to be hearing this quite a bit coming up here in the month of April, so it's not that far off. And then I'm like, well, why not, right? You got to throw Wisconsin in there. We talk a lot of Wisconsin Badger stuff. And, you know, I mean, Marquette's doing pretty well. So you got to you gotta do some Marquette music. Because people always say I never pay attention to Marquette. So ring a Hoya. Got to do that. Uh, I know you're not a fan of Marquette, but I had to throw it in there. Not at all. And then you got MLB on Fox, which <laughs> I thought was cool. I missed that then, on Fox Sports Wisconsin, by the way. Yeah. And then this is the original. This is the this is the one growing up as a kid, ABC, Jim McKay. This is the one that that I that always gave me goosebumps every night. Man, I was my mom was a huge Olympics fan, and we would sit in front of the TV, and I liked the Olympics at night when they would have a you know Helsinki or something like that, you know. And you're sitting there, and you're listening to this, and then they're describing what went on that day, and somebody goes for gold. This was, this was the one that always raised goose, goosebumps for me. So, I love that. So, when you got into sports theme songs, I started going through all this stuff last night. Then, and I forgot about this. If you were a Michael Jordan fan, 80s, 90s, when you heard this, this was it. Cause you could just hear it, you know, and and if if you never experienced Chicago Stadium, I got to do it once as, a, as younger, I'll say, right after I graduated high school, my cousin and I we got tickets to a Bulls game, and we had to come up, and it was at the height of the Jordan, uh, you know, frenzy, and when the lights would go out and suddenly the spotlights would start spinning around the floor, and I wasn't a Bulls fan, I didn't really care, I just liked Jordan. And then you'd hear that voice, and now, and a place would just erupt. So this was always cool. And then your Sunday night football theme, you know, and all that kind of stuff. We'll have a lot of this stuff coming up during the regular season, obviously. And then your NFL special, which we're going to have for the NFL draft. You got CBS. And then the old school music. From NFL film. So anyway, I, that, that's, that was my night last night. That was my consumption of stuff last evening. And I just, man, I I love that stuff. I love that stuff. So I, I don't know. I, some people get into weird things. I, that's my weird thing. That's my oddity. That I will sit here all night and play with this kind of stuff and get it perfect and make it sound right and and all that kind of stuff. And that's that's what I did. So there you go. That was my evening last night. All of that in four minutes took me about seven hours to do.
2: That's mostly how I spend my evenings as well, it's right? Things like that. Yeah.
0: So there you go. That was that was it. That's what uh, that's what I did last night. So, but I, I, I hope we play this over and over and over and over again. A lot of scores, a lot of fun. Looking ready for Packers football. And uh, to, by the way, to find a clean version of this without going to Spotify is crazy. I went to my Spotify account last night after it dawned on me at about twelve thirty, going, "Oh yeah." I got a version of it on my my Spotify. Talking Packers football. So, a lot of good stuff. There you go. Okay, that's it. That's enough for me. I'm done. Uh, I'll quit playing. But it's kind of neat that uh, there are going to be times where we can use certain things. And, um, you know, we'll play with that as the season goes on. But I still am late. I I love the uh, the Matt LaFleur, you know, when he's talking to Bill Huber. But, you know, he's always like, well, Bill. We got to get into that. We got to. We got to go. We used to have a whole host of McCarthy cuts that we used to use, and uh, we got to get back into that stuff. So, so, anyway, that's it. Let's do this. We'll step away, take a quick break, and I'll relieve you from the stupidity that I am. That is all uh, coming up next. Don't forget, about 20, 25 minutes away. Mike Clements going to be joining us as well down at the combine in Indianapolis. More of the Bill Michael covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin sports Zone radio network we were uh, in the last uh, last segment playing some of the music and uh, one of the <laughs> One of our friends over there on the live stream said that he was lucky enough to get tickets to the Masters, and we just uh, just got him excited. I, I'm telling you, there's some music that I don't know what it is and what it triggers specifically, but it's uh, it's awesome. It, it really is. It is um, – I don't even know how to describe it. It's um, the uh, – let me say this. The, um, the one theme that I think – is probably the coolest is, is what is it, uh, is this one. That to me is, out of all the sports themes that are out there, that's the one that gets me. That's the original, not, the, not today's version. That's the original. And I can't wait for March Madness. We're only two weeks away from that. So I can't wait for that. I'm looking forward to it. Good that's, stuff.
2: That scared the hell out of me when that first sound <laughs> effect went off. I wish you could have seen my physical reaction to that sitting here back in the studio.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I just, that's, God, I can't wait for, for March Madness to get here. This year I seem to be more, I think it's also because we've got, And knock on wood, the Badgers get there. I really hope they do. But we've got three teams in the state of Wisconsin that have legitimate shots uh, at doing something in a tournament. Uh, UW-Green Bay, we're hoping that they get there out of the Horizon League, and they've been hanging around the top spot all season long. And uh, then you've got, obviously, the Badgers, who were up uh, to number 6 at one point, sitting at number 5 right now in the Big Ten, but have taken somewhat of a nosedive. You'd like to see them pull out of that and maybe, just maybe, get a win this weekend over Illinois, and if they can do that, oh, my goodness, which that would be fantastic. And then, obviously, Marquette, and they just continue to ascend and play uh, really good basketball, and they've got some big games coming up, Georgetown and UConn. And if they can knock off UConn down the stretch here, uh, their seed, I, I could see them being easily a two seed. Uh, who knows? They could still maybe uh, go through the Big East tournament. Maybe they could ascend to a one, but they're probably going to be a two, three at the lowest seed right now and i'm excited for uh for for March Madness and to see what Shaka Smart and the guys there can do. So, and again, i know you're not a you're not a Marquette fan, but you can't ignore them. I mean, they've got a hell of a season going on. And i will say the town of Milwaukee when it comes to Marquette basketball has been electric. Um it is the the Fiserv Forum they're selling it out and they are you know, I always call them the gold sweaters. The gold sweaters are everywhere, you know. And so they're they're excited for, for this season. Who knows what kind of damage they can do. And they've got a team that can do inside, outside. They can shoot, but they're very, very fast with their hands. And much like we were talking about yesterday, very defensively minded. So uh, I'm looking forward to March Madness this year. I really am. Giddy about it. And I was really kind of hoping that, uh, you know, the new Stennies would open up and that we would be doing the show for March Madness out of the – out of the uh, sports book down at uh, Potawatomi, and that's in both places a little bit off schedule, so it's not going to be March, more like uh, middle of April, end of April, or beginning of May. But I'm 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 excited. So anyway, that being said, uh, coming up in the next hour, uh, we got about 15 minutes. We're going to speaking of Greg Gard, we're going to hear from Greg Gard coming up after the top of the hour, and we're going to hear some things that he has to say. And Mike Clemens then is going to join us about quarter after. And Mike will take us uh, the rest of the way, and we'll get his thoughts as to what's coming out of the combine down in Indianapolis. Uh, just a lot of storylines today uh, about uh, you know uh, play. Let's do this real quick though. Uh, Mike is on the phone in Lacrosse. Mike, not Mike Clemens, but Mike in Lacrosse. Mike, how you doing, man? What's going on?
3: Hey, good, Bill. I'm listening on the mighty WKTY here in lovely, lively Lacrosse. I want to tell you, man, that old music and the themes and. Uh, all that just fill me with emotion too. Every time I hear that stuff, I love it.
0: Yeah, um, no, I, I completely agree with you, man. It brings you back. Sure does. Hey, quick question: Was the ABC was that their more general Wild World of Sports, or was that only used for the Olympics? That was only used for the Olympics. Remember, the Wild Wide World of Sports was uh, the thrill of uh, the agony, the, the thrill of victory, and the agony the of thrill defeat. Of victory, yeah. agony
3: of defeat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
3: That, that's probably one of my favorite ones early really use with, uh, with the Olympics. Definitely fills you with a lot
0: of emotion. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I completely agree with you, man. Appreciate the phone call. The thrill of victory, that changed a little bit over the years, but the agony of defeat, the video, was always the same thing. That ski jumper going off the side of the ski jump and barrel rolling down the hill, backwards, skis flying, helmet flying off, everything. Uh, that changed dramatically. that always was there. The the thrill of victory, they were showing you everything. But the agony of defeat, that stayed there forever on ABC's Wide World of Sports. That stayed there forever. There was a I don't even know who that guy was. That poor SOB. How he ended up in that particular situation, he basically was going down a ski jump and it all went horribly wrong. And he fell. And then careened off the side of it and then was rolling backwards and skis and everything. Poles, everything are flying and or uh not poles, but skis and, and helmet and all that stuff. Everything went flying. Everything's flying all over the place. And you always wondered did that guy die? You know, did he just die? Or did he just snap in half and he was laying in He's still in the snow over there somewhere. All right, we're gonna hear from Greg Guard when we come back. Stay tuned. We got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael show. Kind of uh kind of a fun Friday now I'm I'm even more geek than I was to start the program today for God's sakes more of the Bill Michael show next